Hey, I'm Jesse. Let's continue in 2 Corinthians. We're in chapter 2, verse 12. When I came to Troas to preach the gospel of Christ, even though the Lord opened a door for me, I had no rest in my spirit because I did not find my brother Titus. Instead, I said goodbye to them and left for Macedonia. Paul reasoned that Titus would have had to pass through Troas and was trying to find him there. Paul had, opened, uh, Paul had seen an open door to come to Troas and preach the gospel. All of this takes place across the backdrop of Acts chapter 20, wherein there is a church that's planted in the city of Troas, but he's unable to find Titus. You're gonna learn more about this relationship between Paul and Titus when we study that eponymous epistle, the letter to Titus. Paul's protégés were numerous, but we know the most about Timothy and Titus. Timothy came from a background wherein his father was a Greek and this created obstacles for him when ministering to men of the Jewish community. And Titus comes from a totally different uh, a totally different approach, especially when it comes to the matters of circumcision. So Paul is in Troas, God opens a door, he's trying to preach the gospel, but in his heart, he's really just thinking about finding Titus, finding Titus. And so he actually foregoes the opportunity and he goes to Macedonia and he's looking for, uh, he's looking for Titus. Now things will work out and we'll learn more about that when we study the book of Titus. But what I admire about Paul is even in the midst of, uh, of trying to find Titus, even in the midst of, actually in the background here, uh, riots that are going on all around the biblical world in this context. Paul's focused on, on preaching the gospel while also looking after his, his own personal disciple, Titus. In every context, he's preaching the gospel. In every setting, he's focusing on the gospel of Jesus Christ. His heart is for the advancement of the gospel, but he's distracted and he actually passes up on an opportunity just to reconnect with Titus. How many people will be reached by Paul's mass gospel presentations in Troas. It could be thousands, right? And that's great. I mean, we can only speculate based on the population of Troas at the time. It's a, it's a, it's a, a very prominent port city and it's a trade city and there's, there's people coming and going. Should we say, even on the high side, like 10,000 people could be saved if Paul had stayed in Troas and continued preaching the gospel there? That could be great. But what about ministering through Titus? What if instead of preaching the gospel, even up to 10,000 people in the city of Troas, what if he instead focuses his energy as he did on pouring into his disciple, Titus? Titus would go onto the island of Crete and he would go around appointing elders in every town, planting churches. Let's say that each, let's say that, let's say that, uh, you know, Titus is only able to appoint elders in 10 cities. Now he, he does more than that, but let's say that there are only 10. And in each of those, 10 churches goes on in its first year to reach just a hundred people. Okay, that's a thousand people who've been impacted by the gospel of Jesus Christ along the island of Crete. But let's say that those churches continue to survive for another, another 20 years. That's now 20,000 people at a consistent rate of growth, even a modest rate of growth. And it's twice as many people as Paul could have reached for the gospel staying in Troas. He plays the long game. There's greater fruit to be born by pouring into someone else to do ministry than there is by taking the big speaking gig on yourself. In a, in a book that is about the restoration of relationships, I think it's altogether appropriate. It's like Paul got invited to speak at the Exponential Church Planting Conference with a massive crowd of 10,000. But he's like, you know what? I gotta say goodbye because I'm still looking for my protege, Titus. And so instead he ministers through his protege. He focuses, he foregoes on the big 
giant conference with the nice green room with the delicious coffee and the Biscoff cookies because he's got to find Titus because God's going to bear more fruit ultimately through Titus than he will through Paul's big speaking gig. What if the greatest ministry that God accomplishes through you doesn't come through your own individual ministry to others? Or if you're a pastor through your own platform, what if it comes through the people you equip for ministry and that you disciple? I love that this comes on the heels of Paul talking about showing forgiveness and grace within the body of believers. He's all about reconciling among Christians and he's emphasizing that healthy relationship among Christians. He articulates his abundant love for this church. He focuses on forgiveness within the church. And now he's thinking about one member of a church, Titus. It's not about the big speaking gig for him. It's about his protege. Into whom are you pouring your wisdom who are you equipping unto ministry? Who are you training and sending out? And would you be okay if the greatest evangelistic fruit of your life comes not through your own evangelistic ministry, but through someone you disciple? Who is your Titus?